0: Back to the stick stick 'em up podcast Brundi, what do we got going on in the NHL this week?
1: Uh, we don't have a whole lot of news, but the news pretty much everything that we have to to cover today is all pretty uh pretty big stuff, probably the biggest yeah. news that we've, we've kind of had throughout the season thus far, I'd say.
0: Yes, yeah. I mean, three of the things we've got to talk about are some of the biggest news that is really happened in quite a while. Uh, you know, probably the biggest injury news as well.
1: Yeah. So yeah, one definitely, definitely up there for sure. Um, I mean, we, we've got it in here. It's it's not groundbreaking news. This is the small one here, but uh the St. Louis Blues signed Nathan Walker to a two year extension for seven hundred and seventy five thousand per year. Um you know what I think you know, it's technically big news because I think he was the first ever uh, Australian player in the NHL. So we'll give him a bit of a bit of a shout out here, at least.
0: And, you know, what? he's a pretty solid guy for them. I'm surprised that they can get him for two years at that low. Like, yeah, like that's like, geez, even even 900K, you know, a mil. I, I could definitely have seen that 775. That's uh, that's a bit of a bargain for him
1: oh yeah it most definitely is um before we hop in i'm just gonna throw it out here because it it, i mean it's with with the sharks there's nothing to celebrate i mean they, they suck like they've lost well they've they've played two games a season already where they've allowed 10 goals against and they've gone on uh an 11 game losing streak to start the season and then they've just now snapped a twelve-game losing streak, beating the Montreal Canadiens. Um, but the one thing that I see more and more—I mean, like Sharks fans—we got nothing really to talk about. Good on the season, the team sucks. But the one thing that I think is is a really positive thing when looking at them is the play of both Fabian Zetterlund and Nikita Ahoyuk, um, which were two of the numerous pieces the Sharks got back in the Timo Meyer deal. Um, Fabian Zetterlund is now up to 12 goals and 6 assists on the season. And Ahoyuk just got his first goal as a member of the Sharks tonight. So he's now sitting on 1 goal and 6 assists on the season for 7 points. With a whole lot of uh, shot blocks and hits. And if you're a Sharks fan, that's a good thing to see. That these two players are really finding their stride in the NHL. And being very... They're contributing a lot to the team. Um, I mean, Zetterland offensively, and then Hoya, um defensively. But it's just nice to look at that at the fact that those two players are kind of the. I don't want to sound negative with it, but they're kind of the lesser players in it. When you look at the it's fact that they the got a
0: Timo Meyer trade,
1: yeah. When you look at yeah, they've absolutely. they got a great um, defensive prospect and Shakir Mukamadulin who in his first year in the AHL is. Um, He's lighting it up. He's playing fantastic there. I think probably at the end of the regular season, I think we'll see him get a couple games in with the Sharks. And yeah, then...
0: Games to not burn a year of his contract or something.
1: Yeah, and then the other player being Quinton Musty who that first round um, draft pick was used on, who's playing phenomenal in uh, in the OHL. So I just want to throw that out there because it's it's really um... Starting to look like an even better and better return now for the Sharks. And that's not to say that uh, Meyer is is a bad player by any means. I think, um, I really think if Timo Meyer went to any other team in the league, I think he'd be thriving. I think the New Jersey Devils are one of
0: the,
1: I mean, at the time I didn't really think it, but now looking at it was probably one of the the worst places he could have went to.
0: He doesn't fit their play style very much, does he? Like, he... they have a lot of high flying, uh, very fast guys. They, they do not do a lot of hitting. Like, uh, we, Tampa just finished their game. Uh, Tampa just beat them 4 3 in overtime tonight. And they, we started hitting them in the third period, and they did not know what to do about it. They, they don't have a lot of big guys who are ready to throw a body.
1: I wouldn't say it's it's really the um the hitting aspect. It's uh, Timo Meyer's a high volume shooter. Uh, I believe it's almost every year that he was on the Sharks, he led the team in shots. Maybe except like maybe one year because Brent Burns just would throw everything on net. But the problem is, is he goes to a team that's got so many players that have a I have that same mentality they're a high volume shooter you look at Jack Hughes yes but broad now and, and even Tyler Toffoli I think so Brott
0: had like seven shots tonight dude was throwing everything yeah. the net from every part of the ice
1: and and so it's a tough spot when you know yeah Brat had uh, seven shots tonight you are correct and yeah. it's tough for a guy like Meyer whose whole game is based off high volume shooting and putting a lot of pucks on net when he's playing with a bunch of guys who have that same mentality that it's doing the same thing. So it, it, it doesn't fit his play style playing with all these other guys that are, are the same as him. And yeah. we need complementary you know, pieces, you, not yeah. all
0: the same play style.
1: Yeah. And you, and you can't have all four of those guys on, on different lines because then you, you can't have one of them playing on, on your fourth line or even maybe third line. Um, so it's, it's it's he's in a tough spot. So it's not to say Meyer's a bad player, or you know the Sharks made the right call to move on from him because I think you know the Sharks definitely could have made it work keeping him. Uh, it just didn't fit in the the direction they were going in. Um, but if you're a Sharks fan, it that that the trade is looking better and better as the season goes on. And hopefully, if New Jersey can uh, make it to the Eastern Conference Finals this year, that's another first round pick that the Sharks will get to add into their. Uh, development system which will will be even better for them like that'll be yeah uh that'll be awesome so
0: it's gonna be a tough sell for them to get there man i was looking at the scores tonight and tampa really needed a win and they got it and we need a lot of teams to lose and every single team that we needed to lose a lot of them did but like all of them in overtime like yeah there's a the lot I- of overtime islanders and toronto we need to lose that of course that went to ot uh I think Pittsburgh lost, but it was in o t like they were, yeah, everyone's going o t everyone's picking up points it's It's tough to make the playoffs right now
1: yeah it's it's becoming a grind in the the east right now before we jump into um the big news we had, one team I wanted to talk about, um the Ottawa Senators, they okay. just lost again tonight to buffalo they've now lost five in a row um what does this team do like that they've got so much talent there and the whole thing was oh it's it's the head coach the coaching system they make a coaching change if anything it's gotten even worse i at, at this point i just like they're they're bottom of the east
0: um yeah
1: seven points back of columbus and I know it's they you know they've got played, five I games the, in hand, but
0: the least amount of games in the league, but I mean if you're on a five game losing streak, doesn't look like that's gonna matter.
1: Yeah, like the games in hand don't matter when like they're they're so far out of a playoff spot now. Uh, we're kind of at the halfway point of the season. Like what what does this team do at this point now? What do you I, think is the move? I
0: for I do have some strong opinions on this actually, because I think that um a lot of people might want to make this comparison because of the Kachuk name, but I think they look a lot like when Calgary was floundering a couple years ago. And be, in the way that uh, it just happens to be another Kachuk, but it's just a thing that I've noticed where when Matthew Kachuk was out there and he was the only guy on Calgary who looked like he gave a shit, that is amplified by 10 with the Senators right now. They are playing lifeless, boring, horrible hockey. And Brady Kachuk is going out there doing his damnedest to try and drag these guys into the fight with them. He's going out there hitting and fighting every night, looking like an absolute psycho, because he's just trying to get anyone else to give a shit. And it's not working. And I can't. I don't know how you don't follow a guy like that into battle. So yeah. I. Honestly, like, I think you start looking at some of their sk- other skilled players, and I think you, you sit them down, you say, hey, am I going to see something different, or should we trade you for a guy who gives a shit? Or should we trade you for a guy who will work with this team? Because the chemistry doesn't seem to be there right now. The give a shit factor is completely fallen off outside of Kachuk. It's, it's looking rough over there. They've got all these guys who yeah. look like they should be great, and it's not clicking.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. Like when you look at their team on paper, it's it's a good team. It's better than a lot of the other teams at the bottom. But again, they find themselves down in the bottom with all the team these teams. Like you compare them on paper to uh, the the Blue Jackets, uh, the Blackhawks, the Sharks. Like their roster is ten times better. Oh, yeah, they're right down in the mix with those teams. We, we it, should be
0: talking about them on the same level of the Islanders and uh, the Red Wings. These teams that are in a playoff hunt, not yeah. not these bottom feeder teams.
1: Yeah, and I and I get yeah, you know, like they they're in a very tough division, but it's even when they're going yeah. up against uh, all these other teams that aren't in their divisions and whatnot. Like they 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 just can't get a win. And look dominant doing it, and actually look like a, a real team. They're they're in such a tough spot, and the one thing I I really do like that they did, um, when they fired DJ Smith, and they were looking to like they were they were get they're bringing in a new head coach, mm-hmm. and a lot of uh, a lot of hockey fans, but a lot of Senators fans specifically wanted Daniel Alfredson to be named head coach yeah and i like the the approach the senators did of not doing that because they didn't want to again like if if the team kept playing the way that they are right now under alfredson the senators didn't want to put themselves in a spot where they had to fire daniel alfredson yeah because it's not like you can fire him and it's like okay we're still going to keep you in in this role this role it's like you're cutting ties and they didn't want to put themselves in a spot to do that so i i commend them for doing that but the yeah, fact that they've already now been thinking
0: to not. Yeah.
1: That. And the fact that they've now already made that coaching change. And if anything, the team's just gotten worse. It's just such a tough spot for them to be in. They're going to be sellers at the deadline. I don't like, I, I think Shabbat's a guy who probably gets moved. Um, If not him, then it, it'll have to be Chikrin. I think one of those two is, is gone. You You look at their forwards. Yeah. It's.
0: Definitely Tarasenko. Tarasenko does yeah. not work on that team. He was a rental to begin with when they signed him, because he signed for like one year at five mil, right? Yeah. So ship him off to uh, at fifty percent retained if they can. Two yeah. and a half mil for a a guy like Tarasenko, <laughs> even if he's not producing at the moment, like what those teams would want. One of these teams is going to swing on him because he used to be a perennial thirty goal scorer. <laughs>
1: yeah exactly
0: even if you play him seven minutes a night and then stick him on power play too like that has value right
1: (laughs) yeah for two and a half mil you'll still be getting good value on and based just on his play alone this season like that's what you have to go off of so you're not gonna have to give up a lot to get him like you can get him relatively cheap as opposed to you know, years prior, at the level he was playing at on the Blues, of of what you would have had to give up for him, and especially what his contracts at, like teams yeah. will teams will be all
0: over him. Yeah, and the Sanders don't even have to worry about that that uh, being a bad look on them because they signed him for free in free agency. So it's yeah, you just flipped him for a pick, no harm, no foul. So I definitely think Tarasenko is an obvious out. I, I do agree that with Sanderson coming up and they also have Chikrin and Shabbat, I think that uh, that might be too too many cooks in the kitchen. I I think one of them yeah. probably has to move. I think it's probably Shabbat, just because obviously it's not going to be Sanderson. I think he's yeah, their number no. one going forward. Um, And they just brought in Chikrin recently, I, enough that I think it's probably Shabbat.
1: Yeah. But again, the big thing is, is it's going to be tough at the deadline because you, you know, Shabbat still got some term on his deal and it is at eight mil. So you have to find a team that's, that's able to fit that, that eight mil into their, yeah, into their book. So it, it's going to be tough for them to find a deal. And I think trading Shabbat, I think you're going to be limited because there's only so many places you can send them where the money will work that they're probably not going to get the value they want for him. But at the end of the day, like they got to start making some moves because you can't run with as good as this core that they have looks on paper. They can't run it back next year because it's it's proven that it's it's it doesn't work and you can't use the argument of, well, they'll have another year of development because they've already had how many years of development with these guys and it's not working
0: caliber already. It's there. Yeah, there's a difference between the skill not quite being there and developing and the guys just aren't gelling together, and unfortunately yeah. it's that's what it definitely looks like on the ice um also yeah. uh of note, uh sometime in the past week, Shane pinto's uh half a season uh suspension uh has has been lifted, has passed, so uh if
1: no, he's still got some more games because Ottawa's played so few
0: oh, have they? okay yeah there saw... yeah, there's. They're still sitting at, I think, was 36. News, so I, thought, uh, I thought he was there. Maybe it was that he's 30, almost at that point.
1: Yeah, they're at 37, so they got four more uh, games to
0: play. Can he play with the team after that, or does he even have a contract?
1: So I thought he was going to be done because the, the deadline to sign um, an RFA who's not currently signed is December 1st. But right. I believe the NHL made um, an adjustment to that because of the fact that once he was suspended, Ottawa wasn't allowed to sign him, right? Due to his suspension, so I think they made a rule that they can sign him once his uh, suspension is lifted. So I imagine once they've reached that forty-one game mark, his suspension's done. I I have a feeling that there there's going to be a deal made. Whether it's and and sucks for Pinto, but he's but he's not going to get as much as he would have liked to because it's like, well, dude, you just got suspended for forty-one games. It's either you take this deal and play out the rest of the season or you sit. like it's he he's he, he has no leverage and yeah and and as good of a player as he is it's not like him coming in is going to turn the senators around like they're there's,
0: there's not enough time especially in a competitive east there's not enough time for them to be able to make up that space and get to a wild card spot
1: yeah yeah they're in the territory of the the the, the Ducks the Blue Jackets Blackhawks Sharks that it's like your season's done. You know, there's there's you're not pulling a St. Louis. Round pick? They they do, yeah.
0: Okay. Well, you know, it's you you don't love it because you're trying to be a competitive team now. But if you do get a top five pick, that's still, you know, that's not what you were looking for out of the season, but that should make you better next season or at some point in the next few seasons. So there yeah. there is something to look forward to there. It should not be all doom and gloom for Senators fans. They have a lot of value and talent on that roster. Uh they just they got to be able to put it together. I don't know if it's the coach. Like it it's just so weird. It looks like they don't care out there so often, which is so yeah. weird because I remember Tampa's I believe Tampa's like second or third game of the season was against them. And I remember watching that game going, "Holy shit. This is like a dark horse cup contender." Like they look nasty out there. They were playing so well and they every single player had that dog in them. And that is such a departure from the team that they look like now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a Yeah, it's it's a real tough spot that they're in and they've got a, a lot of big decisions to make now. Um, you know, between now and the trade deadline because something's gotta change there. Yeah, and they just gotta figure out what what those moves are gonna be, because they can't just stay patient and you know hope that, that things figure itself out. It's you, you gotta make moves. You can't rely on these guys because they're proving that they don't they don't have it in them to to turn it around. You know, if, like you like you said it perfectly, if they're not rallying behind Brady Kachuk and everything he's doing, it's <laughs> Yeah,
0: Dude, there's, like there's not much you can do. Animal then. out there every game, like yeah, that's that's exactly who you want as a as a captain in the NHL, and it uh, yeah, it's wild to see the team not uh, get behind that a bit more.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Um, uh, but enough
1: with Ottawa. Now we've we've ragged on him enough.
0: Well, uh, one, what what do we, do we want with? to start with? Yeah, we got to let's. let's... We'll, we'll, Let's stick in know. Canada. Let's break down the uh, the Nylander contract.
1: All right. Yeah. Well. So, cards on the table first. Um, Willie Nylander signed a eight year, eleven and a half million dollar contract to stick around with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, it is the largest contract in Maple Leafs history as well. Hey. Um, won't be probably for long once um, Marner signs his extension because this is now the floor um, for Mitch Marner with his next deal. Like he's, he's, if he's definitely getting more than 11 and a half. Yeah. Like, well, yeah and, this, and that's the thing.
0: It, do you take this as this is now 11.5 is the minimum mm-hmm. Marner gets in Toronto? Or are you looking at this as this is them saying we're moving on from Mitch Marner?
1: It's tough because that's I a think a lot of
0: money for four players. They've got four guys. Mitch Marner is the lowest fourth lowest paid player on their team. Sorry. The, the fifth, the fourth highest. He's the lowest of the top four. Yeah. At well, I if believe 10.9. If,
1: if Mitch Marner sticks around with the lease, it, it's going to be more than eleven and a half, because yeah. his yeah. offensive numbers, um, You know, not even looking at at the advanced stats, but just the straight-up raw numbers. His point totals. Consistently higher than uh, William Nylander. Yeah. And his defensive game. Way better than William Nylander. Like, I know Nylander's defense game has developed over the last, you know, year or two. um, But in terms of what Mitch Marner does, what Nylander does isn't even close.
0: Yeah. Marner's been talked about in Selkie conversations as a winger. Like, to put in perspective, like... Nylander can be above average defensively, but Marner's one of the best defensive wingers in the game.
1: Yeah, and and so since, um, not counting Mitch Marner's first two seasons, because you know just develop, he still put up really good numbers. Um, but over the last one, two, three, four, five, so not counting this season, but I'm, he's going to do it again this season. Over the last five seasons, he's been over a point per game. And last year he was one point shy of hitting a hundred. William Nylander has his highest point total is eighty-seven, which he did last year, and he's never had a point per game season until last year. And so when you yeah. take into account what Mitch Marner has been doing offensively and his again his defensive game, it's like he's he's gonna be getting way more. If he sticks around with Toronto, because he's like, hey, you just gave Nylander this. I'm arguably better in in every area. So like Mitch Martin, like he's probably. What's Matthews? Uh, What's Matthews got on his uh, extension now?
0: I believe he uh, he signed for four years at. Was it 13 even? A Thirteen, even or maybe it was 13.250. 13.
1: 1. and and so if you asked me three years ago, I would argue Mitch Marner. When I when these deals were coming up, I would have made an argument that Mitch Marner should be getting paid more. Now, I mean, Matthews is Undeniable. one of the greatest goal scores we've ever seen. Um, it, to put it in perspective, he's already passed Pavel Datsuk in career goals Whew. at tw- only twenty six years old. So, Jeez. so, that, so that, that's your, that's your mark. Mitch Marner not getting 13.250. He's getting under that, but he's getting more than 11 and a half. So probably 12 and a half, I think is,
0: I, I was going to say, put it 12 and a half, call it a day. Yeah. And you know what? I think like if they do decide they want to keep him instead of moving on from him, if that, if that's the path they see forward, I think uh, Mitch Marner's agent goes 12 and a half million and they say negotiations over. Thank you for coming. We're done here. Like, I think they take that and run the way they hand out money. They would absolutely take it.
1: Yeah. Cause Mitch Marner could easily go to free agency and would have no problem probably getting 13 from a team on the open market. Um, I think that's
0: just Toronto skewing it. I, I don't think that money's out there from other teams. I think I think every I think other team says know. you would get overpaid in Toronto. I think I think the rest of the league still, you know, I feel like whatever other teams are paying, you just add $2 million onto whatever they get in Toronto. But
1: look what uh, happened with John Tavares when he went to free agency.
0: But teams he went were... to Toronto.
1: Yeah, but teams were dumping out money where they could to open up space for the chance game. Like San Jose opened That's up true. so San much Jose... room. That they they offered him thirteen.
0: Him yeah, they offered him thirteen. Didn't so
1: they? I think if teams know that Marner's going to to free agency and it's 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 there, maybe they they've they've got a guy that they're looking at and they're like, you know what, we were going to sign you to a a three by three or something, but we're going to let you walk because that three mil now gives us the room to to take a real run at at a guy like Marner. So, but it puts, and again, it's you know. A lot of it, I guess, depends on Tavares. You know, Leafs fans always think that Toronto boys will will gladly take the biggest discount in the world to play there. Like, I see Leafs fans being like, oh, Tavares will sign a three-year deal at, at five mil. Like, no, I see Tavares probably going from 11 down to eight, eight and a half, eight, maybe?
0: Maybe seven, if his numbers... Seven's, like, the, the
1: lowest.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's as low as it would go, and that's if his numbers slip a bit at the end. And then it's uh, still like I think can he's you getting really... close to eight or nine.
1: Yeah, and it's like so. Then say, for argument's sake, say Tavares goes to eight. Are you really going to be then paying Tavares eight, Nylander eleven and a half, Matthews thirteen point two five, and Marner twelve and a half? Like, and then I have to mention Morgan Riley's also there, seven and a half. Like that. Yeah, so that's actually a fair a fair deal for Morgan. That's Riley, a fair deal for Morgan
0: Riley. All of these deals are th- relatively fair on their own. The problem is having them all together. Toronto's yeah. core four of Nylander, Matthews, Marner, and Tavares—they are account next year. They will account for forty six point six five million against the cap. That's fifty three point two percent of the current cap in four players. That's over half. That's yeah you You can't how are you supposed to get a a goaltender when you're when you're doing that? you and how yeah. are you supposed to have any proper depth? Like it just makes it so much harder to build the rest of your team that that's why people get so upset when in the playoffs if those guys don't show up for even a single game because you have to win us fifty percent of the game because that's how much you guys are being paid
1: yeah. and 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 my biggest lot. thing is like, Nylander's now getting an 11 and a half that makes Toronto's one of their biggest rivals Boston That makes David Pasternak's deal at 11.25 look like a utter steal now at this point yeah like
0: and we already knew that was going to be a steal like yeah. it's a lot of money but we knew that was going to be a steal
1: it really just yeah the biggest thing is like it, it's all of these deals all on one team and how do you how do you like it's just hard to justify when you're paying and and i know the caps you know gonna gonna go up and whatnot but like people are thinking like i've seen people talking like oh the cap's gonna be up to like 95 mil in a couple years and it's like no like it's it's gonna go up but it's gonna be a a slow increase like it's not gonna be a huge a huge spike all in one
0: they've been projecting for the last few months that it will go up around four and a half mil next year and they can keep projecting it but i'll believe it when i see it and like yeah and you know maybe that's a difference in approach you know uh julian breezeball won't sign stamkos until the offseason because he wants to know exactly what the cap's going to be and toronto's like we got to sign this guy because he'll just leave so yeah that's that's a bit of a different now it's obviously more dangerous to let a ufa get to that point but you you got to know yeah. what you're going into into the offseason with. And right now it's they're saying it's going to be one way. But uh, yeah. we've seen before they project it was going to go up like three or four mil the season of 2020. And then COVID happened and it stayed the same for years. So,
1: yeah. And it's and just looking at it, it's like, you know, they've got. One goalie and that being Joseph Wall, signed past this year. He's on a two-year deal, so he's only got one more after this one. They've only got three defensemen signed beyond this season. Uh, Morgan Riley's got his big one, and then McCabe and Timmons only have two years left. All their other defensemen, all their deals are up at the end of the year. It's like, they're going to have so little money to... And you can't keep going out and grabbing goalies for league minimum and being like, this is our guy. Like. And you can't just keep grabbing, you know, you're not going to have another guy like Giordano take league minimum to try and win a cup there. Yeah. Like, you're going to start getting into it where guys are going to outplay their deals, they're going to want more money, and they're going to leave because Toronto can't, they, they can't afford to pay him because all their money's tied up in in their top players that have yet to get them beyond the second round.
0: And even then, their free agency signings are bad. They're just flat out bad. John Klingberg, Ryan Reeves, those are two Samsonov. of the worst guys. On, those are two of the worst guys on their team. Samsonov just got called back up to the NHL when he was supposed to be their starter this year.
1: Like, like Tyler Bertuzzi, Max Domi. Like Bertuzzi's making five and a half, Domi's making three. You're not going to be able to keep both of them. Maybe one of them, if one of them's willing to take a cheap discount to stay there. Both, you're not keeping both. Yeah. Like they're yeah, they they're in a they're they're in a tough spot. They're going to be in a tough spot. Well, I mean, they're going to be in a tough spot with with these deals because again, it's just going to be you're not going to be able to put a a good strong cast around them. You know, and and we're seeing all the teams that are winning cups. Like you look at Vegas, you look at Tampa, um St. Louis. It's like even Colorado, those teams are winning. Depth. Because of the depth. Like the top players are doing their thing, sure. But it's you need to have four lines you can roll. You need three defensive pairings. Like
0: Phil Kessel almost won a con Smythe on the third line.
1: Yeah, yeah. Going yeah, even even going back to Pittsburgh, they had one of the best third lines we've we've ever seen in the way that they were playing. It, it's just gonna be so tough for Toronto to to throw together good depth around these these guys that are taking up a, a huge chunk of their their cap like it's so i do got to say though i will um i will give credit to brad tree living because the whole thing when uh you know he was brought in for toronto was the big task and it, all the questions to him right away is how are you going to solve this this matthews Kneelander thing your first season you, are you how like what's what's the deal? Are you going to get him signed, or or the, are you going to have to look at trades? And he found a way to get them both signed. Not, yeah. a, I'm not a fan of the Nylander deal. The Matthews one, I think, is fine. Uh, we knew he's going to be getting around there. The Nylander one is like beginning of the season. They they said the max they were going to sign him was nine mil. He comes in, yeah, he plays yeah. lights out. Now he's getting eleven Play, and 20. a half. Like and if you could have gotten Nylander even at ten for eight years i think that's that's good that's fair but 11 and a half is now like
0: if he continues this play it's a good deal but for eight years i don't think he's going to put up numbers like this and i again i think yeah. it, it would be a bit of an overpay but i think it'd be a fine contract on another team but compounded with all the large contracts they already have it's just it's just a bit too yeah. much and it's too bad cuz you'd love for the all these athletes to get paid fairly but uh, it's it's a league with a it's a league with a salary cap and that's that's just the reality yeah. we have to live in and you have to want around that like I would wish that every player would get paid at least a mil but uh, the salary cap exists and that's just how it is. Mhm. Uh-huh. Uh one thing I want to ask. I have no idea if something has like this has ever really happened in the league but like what, other than if they have a retention spot available uh, in this offseason, um, when Mitch Marner's deal ends, if he went to free agency, like, has there ever been a time where a team like San Jose, you know, a nice uh, California place, probably a really nice place to play, uh, a <laughs> nice place to live, they, they sign a guy like Mitch Marner for 15 mil, an absorbent amount of money, like a lot fifteen, sixteen million for one year and then they just retain him for fifty percent and now he's seven and a half at the deadline and they ship him off to a contender. No.
1: Because and I then- think that it, it nothing like that I don't think has ever I like happened. Like a contract like that absurd. Yeah. Um and second of all I don't Mitch Marner wouldn't do that. Just you because just, the whole reason guaranteed money yeah, the whole on, reason he on, signed on. his yeah. his kind of you know deal the way he did, like everyone thought when he signed this one, he's on now. It was going to be a an eight year deal, and he signed this one so it could it takes him till he's till he's twenty seven, so right in his prime. But it also took him to where he's not going to be an RFA; he's a UFA, which gives him that much more leverage because now it's it's like. If Toronto's not giving him what he wants, he can pull his leverage and be like, well, I can just walk then. I can just leave for nothing. You guys get nothing for me. And I can go sign wherever I want. Whereas if he was an RFA, Toronto has a lot of leverage over him. Yeah. And so with Marner, this is going to be where he cashes in on that, that eight year deal and secures as much money as he possibly can.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And there Toronto is so unwilling to lose these big superstar players. And the guy who isn't willing to lose those players will always lose the negotiations. And that's why they keep overpaying yeah. for these guys like crazy. So yeah, he's uh he's probably going to hold them up and they're, they're probably going to give them, honestly, I could see him getting the 13 mil. Same as I, Matthews. I, like I, it's, it's
1: definitely not, not out of the question when you look at, that Marner you know he has all the leverage and it's it's going to be more than 12 because there's no way he's within half a mill of William Nylander as good as Nylander's been this season in terms of what Marner's done in all around is is way ahead of Nylander so that's that just set the set like Marner was probably pumped to see Nylander sign that deal because he's like hey yeah if I'm sticking around in Toronto which I think Martyr wants to like he's he's from there. He was a Leafs so. fan. Like it's it's where he wants to probably play his whole career. But he's looking at it now. Like man, I'm ca- I'm gonna cash in huge on my next deal, and he will. He'll, he'll get paid very very well by the Leafs.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um,
1: but yeah, I don't I don't really got much more to say on that now. Now it's a we no, wait we- until this upcoming off season to see if marner and Tavar sign, signer if they go into the season not on extension and and i guess that's the thing right if, if mitch marner plays out of his mind again this season and hits that 100 point mark do you sign him in the the offseason coming off a huge season or do you do you do what you did with nylander and you you wait it out and then marner plays even better next year and now it's like shit now he's talked his way hey. out of 12 mil and he's up he's up to 13 with with yeah. matthews
0: and you know he's going to, right? Like, these superstar yeah. players, when was the last time you saw one of these truly elite players play down in a contract year? They always yeah. play out of their freaking mind on contract years. So yeah. You, yeah, it's just the nature I of the game. I definitely think it's in their interest to sign him as soon as possible before he starts asking for... Hell, he he could say, the caps the cap's gone up this much. Uh, yeah. You're getting me for eight years. He could ask for more than Matthews. He could say the the goalposts have cha- moved and ever times yeah. have changed since he signed his contract. And I want I want the big one. Yeah. And I, I think Brad for Living would give it to him. So I yeah, Toronto's... think they want to sign it before the season starts if they can help it.
1: I, I I agree. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how how that all plays out. Um but enough with with toronto now um which one do we want to go to next of the other two
0: uh let's let's talk about Connor bedard
1: bedard yeah yeah. i don't
0: know if there's a ton to really talk about with it but uh he's out uh looking like he's out six ish weeks with a fractured jaw uh he will miss the the all-star game yeah right yeah so um, Chicago won't have a guy going unless they get voted in. Uh, if your primary guy is injured and can't go, you don't. your team isn't required to like give them another person. Like, somebody like okay. William Nylander could be the guy. Or, I'm not sure who yeah. got sent uh, from to Toronto, actually, to the All-Star Matthews. game. I'm assuming it's Matthews. Yeah, yeah, Nylander could take Bedard's place as uh... a... <laughs> One oh, okay. of the guys voted in afterwards. So I mean, unless Peter Morazik gets a lot of votes, it's probably yeah. looking like there won't be a Blackhawk at the All-Star Game.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and there's not much to say on it. Um I, I I see a lot of people trying to make the argument, and I think they have just no ground to stand on. It's wasn't a dirty hit by any means.
0: No, um even as it even was just Ars an unfortunate play. Were saying, we're saying that. I'm not sure uh which guy it was with the quote uh I kind of want to say Jason Dickinson, but I'm not too sure. But he was like, "Yeah, he the guy kind of planted himself, and Bedard just skated right into him, like, yeah." And that's exactly what I saw in the <laughs> clip. The dude didn't even didn't even follow through on it. Like, not only did he not jump up or hit him, you know, completely headshot him, he just kind of stood there. And Bedard was going a hundred miles an hour as he does, and he uh, he got caught looking so.
1: Yeah, and I give a lot of credit to Brendan Smith um, doing the opposite of Nick Cousins. Uh, it was a clean hit on Bedard. Unfortunately, Bedard got injured, and Brendan Smith still answered the bell. And uh, to Nick Felino, even though it was a clean hit and and fought him, and Nick Foligno unfortunately fractured or broke his finger, which took him out. So Brendan Smith took out another Blackhawks player there. Um, but good <laughs> on him. Like even though it was a clean hit. You, you still knew, you know what? I injured their star player. I'm I'm gonna have to fight for, now. Yeah, that
0: and, and that's that's one of the the hockey culture things. And as long as it's like, uh, hey, you took out our guy, I'm gonna fight you instead of completely jumping him. I think that's fine. Yeah. you know, it's yeah, there, uh, yeah, it's it's when it's a like, uh, it sucks when the guy obviously feels horrible about it. I'm thinking back to uh. Who was it? Was it Corey Perry that took out um, Tavares, John Tavares? Yeah. In the and it was Nick Foligno
1: who fought him.
0: Yeah, there you go again. And Tavares awkwardly went down, and Corey Perry accidentally kneed him, and you could tell he was, he was ju- almost as upset as the Leafs players. Like, yeah. watching him go down like that on the ice, it was horrible. And he, you could tell afterwards uh, at the face-off at the next game, the guy's like, I'm gonna have to fight you. And he's like, yeah, I know. And they're in the fight, and, like, Perry's just trying to hold him at bay. He's not even throwing punches. Like, and this is yeah. shit disturber Corey Perry we're talking about. <laughs> like, top-tier shit disturber, and he was just... He wasn't even fighting back against Felino because... He, he, and those are the ones you hate to see, so... Yeah. Uh, this one was getting close to that territory, but luckily it wasn't near that bad. It wasn't, you know... Bedard wasn't out cold on the ice for a while or anything. So... Uh, luckily, he'll yeah. be back. He's had successful jaw surgery. Um, and hopefully it doesn't derail him too much uh, going for the Calder Trophy.
1: Yeah, that's a thing, right? It makes the Calder Trophy race a little bit more interesting now, um, you know, depending on between now and when he comes back, what other players can do to kind of make some ground up on him in terms of points. Um, I still think if it's not Bedard, I think Brock Faber is still is still right up there
0: he's playing like 28 minutes a night
1: he's currently um assuming the way he's been playing stays he is um currently on pace to have the highest time on ice per game from a rookie in league history he's currently playing 24 minutes and 47 seconds a night for minnesota which is more than any rookie in in league history so I had
0: him on my uh fantasy team for a bit and I know there was one game where I looked and I think he had 31 and a half minutes time on ice and I was like holy shit I don't know if the game went to OT but even if it did that's that's so much time especially for a rookie so props to him for uh, being mm-hmm. able to put up good results while he's out there for that much time
1: yeah exactly he's he's been playing incredible he's really um been a huge bright spot for for Minnesota, and it's it's another trade where it's it's kind of helping that Fiala deal look uh, better and better now um as Faber was one yeah. of the pieces that uh... came
0: back to Minnesota
1: yeah right. um one thing There's,
0: though i I just want to point out that um because the mirroring is right there, but uh it's uh looking a little bit similar to the mcdavid. A uh, rookie year where it looked like yep. the Calder was all but his, and then he also got an injury and was out for just long enough that uh, Artemi Panarin kind of snuck in and grabbed the Calder out from under him. So uh, yeah, I I do wonder if uh, something similar will happen, or maybe it'll be close enough uh, in points that they still go. You know what? We want Bedard to have it. Let's just start his uh, trophy case off with a win right here. But yeah. Uh, It'll be interesting to see how the stats line up at the end of the year.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's something we're definitely going to have to keep an eye on. Um, if you're a Flames fan, don't listen to this. <laughs> Just tune out for the next minute. So the first, um, one of the first few games after the Bedard injury, Chicago played Calgary. Yeah. And this is a game where Chicago ended up winning 4-3. to three. Due to all the injuries, because um, Chicago's got quite a few, and obviously with the Bedard one now, Chicago only dressed 11 forwards in this game. Between those 11 forwards, I'll, I'll give you a guess. Guess what their combined cap hit was between all 11 players.
0: I'm trying to think of any players they have that make over like $2 million. Was Felino still out?
1: Yeah, Felino was, was out.
0: Felino's out, Hall's out. I can't think of a guy making more than League min. Who's playing for them right now? Like it, like like twenty mil, fifteen mil,
1: thirteen point nine million dollars.
0: Good God! Between their 11. 11. did they actually have eleven? Did they actually because they only dressed eleven forwards? Um, out of any of their forwards,
1: don't believe so. I can quickly check. I don't believe that they actually did.
0: Wow! Unless
1: Dickinson's on some. Absurd deal I don't know about. Um so they they actually have three guys. Dickinson's making 2.65, Kershev 2.25, and Ryan Donato making two. They had one, two, three, four, five, six, game. seven. They had eight. They have eight guys on their Ford roster that are making um under a million. Jeez. And only two of those guys being on their entry-level deals.
0: Yeah, like, they're not even a bunch of young prospects. It's just a bunch of bums that they picked up in free agency to fill out the roster.
1: Yeah, like when you look at the guys that they've, they've got I guess injured. I for like Bedard,
0: but uh, they might have sold a little bit too hard.
1: Well, when you look at their injuries, it's like Bedard, like he's making league minimum, but he's by far their best player. Yeah. On their injured reserve, they got Seth Jones at 9.5, Taylor Hall at 6, Tyler Johnson at five, Anthony CU at four point two five, Anthony Beauvillier at four point one five, and then Nick Felino at four. That's thirty three point eight five million in cap space on their IR. Like they're in they're in Minnesota Wild territory.
0: Like, they, and they beat and they beat the Flames. Yeah. Like yeah, like their first line was. Jason Dickinson and the bots like they had nobody out there
1: yeah they're they're in a they're in a really bad spot right now and you know we kind of knew that they yeah it's it's a tough spot for Chicago but we kind of knew that they were gonna be in this spot like they got Bedard and they really didn't try to improve the team like they're still fully committed to to rebuilding
0: I, can't I think everybody hopes keep, that like, they
1: don't anybody. win the draft lottery, like except Chicago fans, obviously. Yeah, other than we Chicago don't need fans, another.
0: Nobody wants them to win, is yeah. what it seems like. The consensus is, I mean, people didn't want to, want them to win the Bedard one. If they win another one, good lord. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's that's absolutely wild that it's that bad. Yeah. Um. Do we want to move on to the Philly Philadelphia and Anaheim trade?
1: Um, before we do, because I'm just gonna rip into Chicago a little bit more. Um we're not gonna we're not gonna dive into this because this is gonna continue to be a developing story. So we're just kind of jumping on it early. Um, this is a tweet earlier today from uh, Rick Westhead. So he's the one who kind of spearheaded the whole um story with Kyle Beach that came out of out of Chicago so this was tweeted earlier today it said the Chicago Blackhawks this week asked asked a court to dismiss a negligence lawsuit filed by a former player who alleges he was sexually assaulted during the uh 2009-2010 Stanley Cup season and playoffs by former team video coach Brad Aldrich. the NHL team says the player took too long to make his claim
0: wow sorry who said that the blackhawks did it that's why they want it dismissed
1: yeah the chicago blackhawks said that this player took too long to make his claim
0: man this that's like they have so dude it's an nhl franchise they got so much money like pr is worth so much more than this paltry amount of money that it would cost them i can't believe they don't just go you know what brad with like we already know brad aldrich did this with uh, kyle beach so it is not out of the realm possibility at all that he did it to another player so i cannot worse. believe i cannot believe they're not just going you know what brad aldrich was a bad guy and we shouldn't have had him around and you know what we're gonna make this right for you what that what a pr win that would be Like
1: it gets worse. I
0: can't believe they're trying to swipe this under the rug again.
1: No, that no. What what I just read is only the first half. That's only the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. So it goes on. And this is all still from, from Rick Westhead, right? Yeah. He says the player alleges that like Kyle beach, he told then team mental skills coach, Jim Gary about his interactions with Aldrich. So this guy is the team's mental skills coach. He told this player that he should move on with his life.
0: Good God, man.
1: The Blackhawks allege that if Gary um, did say that, that his comments were insensitive and inappropriate. However, they do not constitute extreme and outrageous conduct
0: so what they're just saying it's not a big deal now after all the stink that's been made over the last four fucking years they're just gonna go but it's not a big deal good god like god I, i i hate it because what like what is the worst case scenario for the blackhawks in this scenario is like not even that bad people are still going to the games they're buying the bedard jerseys the the fine they get will be paltry and it will not be a draft pick we know that because their original six team uh they only got fined two million dollars last time when this all came out by the league by the way in the first 24 hours after bedard got drafted they made 1.9 million in jersey sales so it got wiped away within a day after they were given bedard sorry one of fair and square in a lottery allegedly. Yeah. Like it's... so What an absolute fucking joke of a franchise, man. Like I get like and I don't I don't know how much you can blame the players. Certainly not the players that are there. I don't think any of them no. that are there were on that team at this point. But no. like oh, I I really hope that their new owner uh who is the son of the owner who had it uh back in twenty ten. I really hope he had nothing to do with this team before and he's just inheriting his dad's dog shit. Because
1: why not why not write the wrong and, and back this player now?
0: Dude, it would be so easy for them. It's not a fucking drop in the bucket. And on top of all that, it's insanely good PR compared to all the crap. Dude what does anyone think of about the Blackhawks right now? They have Bedard. Uh, Corey Perry did something unknown and bad, and they covered up sexual assault for multiple years. It came out, and then they tried to cover it up again.
1: Yeah, the thing that the thing that I just it keeps coming into my head, and I'm like, I'm like, man. So we we still don't know what Corey Perry did, but the rumors were that you know he got it on with Bedard's mom, which we know isn't true yeah but the fact that when those rumors were going on you know the Blackhawks came forward to talk about it and they used um their their gm kyle davidson to spread the message that those rumors weren't true and then he goes on to say that they're inappropriate they're disgusting all this and this but then with this they're like ah it's wipe it under the rug he didn't file it in time it's it's like how can with with something like this that happens to a player how can you put a timeline on when they're comfortable to talk about it yeah and 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 come out and be like you know this happened to me i'm i was scared it still affects me i didn't know what to do how can the blackhawks be like i'm sorry you didn't you didn't come forward in time
0: even we're gonna try and like even if they picked one of their avenues you know even if their entire argument here was it's been too long, the statute of limitations or whatever has run out, that kind of thing, at least that like kind of seems like a lawyery way to get out of it, right? But they're saying on top of that, uh, even if it's not been long enough, don't worry about it because it's not a big deal. Like they're being dickheads yeah. on every front they could possibly be about this. Like, yeah. and massive shout out to Rick Westhead. I cannot shout this man out enough. This guy has, he is not allowed in Brundy <laughs> sent a very distracting picture <laughs> to the Discord just now.
1: It's just a remake of the Blackhawks logo. Not nothing too serious. <laughs> the, the,
0: the black, is that the Black Yeah. Uh, no, but like it's
1: just man, our, it's
0: Rick Westhead is like he's not allowed in any team's uh press conferences after games. Like he is he is so far removed from any of that because uh, it, when he finally gets his way in there they, the GMs and the coaches and everyone, they give him one word answers and that's it, move on Do it, their contractual obligations, move on they give him nothing because GMs fucking hate this guy he is their boogeyman because he goes around and he reveals stuff like this he's also the guy who started revealing and was a large help in getting out the news on the uh Can- Canadian Juniors team uh sexual assault
1: which we still okay. haven't got anything released on which somehow end, even though
0: it we're been supposed released. to weren't we supposed to in like weren't we expecting it on like in like august long weekend or some shit i thought it was gonna come out
1: yeah yeah we were like oh we're releasing this right before the long weekend and or we're gonna hop off and we know as soon as we do it's gonna come out because they're gonna try and bury it kind of in the mixture of while everyone's off doing their own thing. And then we, we never ended up getting anything. So.
0: Yeah. It's, I can't believe that's not out yet, but that's a whole other thing, but yeah, uh, it's a whole other, other avenue does absolutely incredible work. Like the moral compass, like no other on that guy.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. well, we've bashed on three teams. um,
0: at least the other teams it was for hockey stuff,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. no no team is safe in in this episode. Um, we got two two teams left to talk about here. Um we thought, you know, on Monday when the Nylander deal happened, we thought, oh, this is our our big news for a while now. And all of a sudden, we just get an absolute out, just
0: out of caught, nowhere. just
1: yeah, out of Brandy nowhere, style. yeah, yeah. Um, And and right after a a very impressive World Juniors as well, Um, the Philadelphia Flyers traded their 2022 fifth overall pick, Cutter Gauthier, to the Anaheim Ducks in exchange for Jamie Drysdale, um, defenseman, and a 2025 second-round pick is the deal.
0: Is this the biggest young player deal we've seen since Drew and Sergachev?
1: Um just trying to think. Probably.
0: Like there there's been a couple other big ones even before that deal, but like these these ones where they're high draft pick for high draft pick do not come around that often.
1: No. No, okay. like not at all.
0: And uh currently I know there's um there's trade rumors that Zgris is being shopped around. I don't yeah. think those are true, just because uh first of all I think it's easy to make that up because he had just said that he was best buddies with Jamie Drysdale so it's very easy to make that up but also this is a massive trade to not get leaked by anybody like I feel like Anaheim's GM is probably pretty tight-lipped if he can uh put something so, like so this together two things without people knowing
1: two things one I do think that there is some um some truth to the uh, Zegras rumors just because, you know, you start to look at the, at the mold of the team they're building with um you know, now Mason McTavish Leo Carlson and Cutter Gauthier Zegras doesn't fit into that mold really he's not, you know, it's it's a weird way to say, it, but he's not necessarily like a Pat Verbeek guy Yeah, you know, it's very clear the kind of team and you even look at Mintakov on the blue line the, um, Verbeek is building the team in a very specific way, and while Zegers is, you know, was kind of made to be their their franchise player and whatnot, he doesn't necessarily fit the style that the rest of these guys have. That being said, who knows? Like, it it could be that you know they're, it's starting to, to look like maybe there's just not a room for Zegers because I don't, you know, their centerman is, is filled with um, McTavish and center, Carlson. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, it's like now, is there a spot where you can make Zegers work on the wing? Yeah. Or is, is
0: it a centerman as well?
1: Um, He's listed as a center left winger. I think he'll be a winger. Um, yeah. He's just better Probably suited for that role.
0: Carlson. Like that's going to be a nasty first line.
1: <laughs> yeah. And secondly, um, one of the very first things that Daniel Breer... Um, GM of the Flyers said, and and remember, he's he's new to this. Like this was a tough spot for him to be put in, and I think he did. He we'll get more into the deal, but I do think he came out very well in this deal. Um, but one of the first things he said after this deal was he thanked all the GMs in the league for that he was kind of talking to 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 keep it like don't don't talk about it. Like there was no rumors of this
0: at all no nope, nobody knew anything about it until the le- until like the ducks tweeted out we have acquired cutter go take. yeah like nobody knew- had a clue
1: yeah so i thought that was really cool of briarity you know thank all the guys for- and be like hey you know what we-, we we were in a tough spot here um i'm, a- I'm assuming pretty much every team they were kind of talking to was probably a western conference team just because you probably don't want to trade a guy like this within your division or conference um, cause we've, we've seen that come to, to bite teams in the ass, like Montreal specifically. Um, but yeah, it, it was, it's a tough spot. The flyers were put in and the fact that they were able to, to get a, a return like this and with a guy that they were trading away of, you know, a a, a very recent fifth overall pick who just dominated in the world juniors. We even talked He's about how he behind. probably should have gotten MVP.
0: He's, he's at the height of his trade value unless he, you know... yeah Unless he goes out and puts up 100 points in an NHL season later in his career. This is, like, when you'd get the most for him, and Jamie Drysdale is looking to be a great player. Like, he's, he's had yeah. some injury troubles, but he's very young and he's looked good in the games he's got into despite being on an Anaheim team. That's pretty bottoming, so it'll, it'll be interesting yeah. to see how this works out for both sides, and, man... When Cutter Gauthier uh, makes it into the show, I cannot wait to watch that first game he plays in Philadelphia.
1: Yeah, they're they're yeah, gonna bring it's... back
0: throwing batteries at players. Like they're they're gonna yeah. they are gonna be upset.
1: The one thing you can do, like you can do, a million different bad things, and a lot of Flyers fans will be like, ah, okay, whatever. But the moment you say that you don't want to play in Philadelphia, you are public enemy number one for life and yeah. that is and you know what it's fair I see a lot of people being like well it's not fair to go to he's a young guy it's like you know what he was taken fifth overall he said he was he was built to be a flyer and was fine going there and then all of a sudden and and this isn't even like a a recent development like this started after the world championships last year which I think concluded yeah. in like June or something he has, he has, didn't talk to the team since then. And then the Flyers yeah. tried to talk to him during the World Juniors. He refused to. And then that's when it was like, all right, well, the, the, the bridge is burned. He, he wants out. And to get a, a guy that doesn't come around often, an offensive minded defenseman who's a right handed shot in Jamie Drysdale, plus a second round pick that the way the yeah. Ducks are, like, seems like no matter how many good young players they have, they still suck. So that that could end up being a, an early second round pick potentially for flyers, so
0: oh, it's got to be it's got to be in the thirty three to thirty seven range you'd imagine um and yeah, and not to mention Philadelphia, I'm pretty sure right now they're in a wild card spot or close to it at least. Drysdale could help them get to the playoffs if that's what they're really looking to do
1: they're they're in a divisional spot right now. they're third in the metro
0: there you go in a competitive metro, no less. so yeah, so that. Yeah. They're, they're, this is uh, now a roster player that they've introduced, a good roster player who can put up some points and be good defensively. So uh, especially for right now, I like the deal for them. And I yeah. I think it's great for Anaheim too. I mean, it just fits it fits their timeline a bit better. They have so many defensive prospects that they don't they don't know what to do with them. So it makes yeah. sense to turn one of them into a good forward prospect as well. I think this is going to be a win-win trade. Looking back on it later, which yeah. you just love to see when teams <clears throat> ma- can make that happen. Um, yeah, and yeah, I just want to throw out that's fucking Bush, Bush League from Cutter Gauthier and his agent, right? Like, yeah, like, like I get if you don't want to play somewhere, that's that's your prerogative. But it sounds like he's known that he didn't want to since he was drafted, but he didn't want to have that awkward conversation with them and was just kind of like, he was kind of like in their post in their post draft interview, like, Oh yeah, no. Yeah. I'm built to be a flyer. I'll do it. But, uh, I don't think he actually thought he would, uh, fall to them. It's
1: one of those interesting things, right? Like he grew up, a, a diehard Pittsburgh Penguins fan. So to get drafted to their biggest rival, like, yeah, you always got to wonder like is that really where he wanted t- to go? Did he really think I, he was meant to be a flyer? Probably not.
0: Probably not. I think he would get over it. But I think I he do, would. I yeah. do think the if I had to guess, it's probably a young guy who's a hot shot and he likes he likes doing things his way, which can be fair if you've got that much talent, but he would be going onto a team coached by John Tortorella. And I don't think he likes the prospect of that. If I had to put my money on it, I would say he didn't want to be coached by Tortorella.
1: No, they they made it clear that it, it had nothing to do with with Tortorella. Um it sounds like the reason and 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 I don't know if this is true, but it sounds like the reason that he didn't um like he wanted out was because that the Flyers didn't and and the first thing to come out was that he chose to go back um to play college hockey again this year to further his development. Yeah. Um but the apparently the reason that he, he wanted out was the fact that the Flyers didn't sign him for this season and bring him in because the Flyers, I think due to bonuses and whatnot, put would have put him over a certain number that they didn't want to go over. So apparently they chose to send him back To college, and apparently that's what what burned the bridge. Again, I don't know if that's true. Um, There's a lot of things like we can always speculate. We'll probably never know.
0: But the thing is, is if one of them retires, the GM retires, the the agent retires, the player retires, because it's always fun when a guy retires and starts being like, "Hey, you know what? I'm gonna go on a podcast. I'm gonna make a book, and I'm gonna spill all the beans that I couldn't for the last twenty years." And yeah, there's some guys playing right now that I cannot wait to hear some of the, some of the stories they've got. But, uh, but
1: it's like, why it like, look at, look at last year, you know, Meechkov was, and I know there was issues around, you know, his contract on the KHL and whatnot, but he told certain teams that he didn't want to go there. He basically talked his way into being drafted to go to Philadelphia.
0: Yeah. And so it's like, he wouldn't play anywhere other than Philadelphia or Washington, right?
1: I don't even think Washington was an option. It sounded like he was, it was failure, nothing for him. And so then it's like, why go, why didn't go just do that? You know, was it a a thing of, he just wanted to get drafted as high as he possibly could or a pride thing or, and again, you can just look and be like, you know, yeah. And that's the thing we're never going to know. So there's always going to be speculation and that's part of it. You know, if, if he doesn't like, all the speculation. If his agent doesn't, well, it's it's unfortunate, but that that is the position you put yourself in because we yeah. don't really see stuff like there, this if ever happen. You got to tell
0: him before the draft, and I, I guess if it was because of uh, the con- his ELC signing contract dispute, then that's another thing. But uh,
1: the one ghost, thing I to ghost say, the
0: team about it, to, yeah. until they just go, okay, he wants out, and then trade him like that. That's lame. Like, yeah geez, even if you don't have the balls to talk to them, tell your agent, hey, go meet with them and tell them to pound sand. Like, your agent's your guy. He, You yeah. you say, hey, agent, go tell Danny Briere to his face to go fuck himself. The dude's going to do it because he wants to represent you. That's your man. So, yeah, if, if it's that bad, go tell him to do that. But just ghosting them all together is, uh, I don't know. It's yeah. it, To me, it speaks a little bit on his character, but... He also hasn't yeah. played a minute in the NHL. We don't know much about him, so who knows? Maybe it's been blown out of proportion. It's hard to say what's the truth and what's speculation.
1: I will say I'm at least glad that it ended in a position where Philadelphia could trade him.
0: Yes, absolutely. And it's
1: it's not like a thing where he just kept beating around the bush and then eventually was just like came out publicly and just said, I'm not signing here, and then they lose all leverage and trying to trade him the fact that it was at least kept under wraps and philadelphia was able to get a great return the way they did um i i really do like about this situation
0: yeah it's nice that it, all this came out after the trade not before it because <laughs> that creates such a media shit storm of where is he gonna go why does he hate it are other players gonna want to go back like yeah i know there was um who was it um uh scott was it scott lawton uh, that was getting having people come at him? No, it was a guy who got Kevin Hayes. Lose. Kevin, Kevin Hayes.
1: Hayes. Yeah. People were having yeah, that, to go at Kevin hole.
0: Hayes because they thought, for whatever reason, they thought that he convinced Gauthier to leave Philadelphia, and people are, like, sending death threats to him, and like, uh, his brother passed away a couple years ago, and people were, like, sending him, like, t- telling him off about that, and it's like, Good God, man. Have a heart. You are, even as a Philadelphia Flyers fan, you are so actually removed from this situation. You have no right well, to confront anyone about it. Not to mm-hmm. mention to say heinous things like that to people. Like, absolutely brutal yeah. look for Philly fans there. Not that we if, didn't if anyone... know Philly fans were kind of crazy, but yeah, for those ones especially, like ye- yelling, each shit, you suck at the opposing team. That's kind of fun. Doing this, that's, that's not cool.
1: Well yeah and if anyone ever wants to know how just i mean they're they're diehard fans i'll give them that but if anyone wants to know how bad um Philadelphia fans are go to a Philadelphia Eagles game and wear the opposing team's jersey and you will get threats you will get bullied you'll get stuff thrown at you like you you get treated like the lowest of the low and just because you supported a different team like it's
0: it's actually, yeah. you'd probably get treated very similarly in a, if you were at a cow, uh, in a cowboys jersey at a Eagles game, you'll get treated the same way as if you wear a literal Nazi uniform. Yeah. Like they are, <laughs> they are ruthless in Philly. And like, yeah, it's awful. It's terrible there. Up to a point, you can respect it the way they're absolute goons, <laughs> but uh, there's a line. There's a line to it where it stops being, uh, a fun rivalry, and it's just now you guys are just being assholes. Like,
1: yeah, and then it's also the fact that Flyers yeah. fans do all do all this shit, and then they're like, "Why didn't Gauthier want to want to stay here and be here?" Well, fucking look at the way you guys are acting. Yeah, like you're acting out in this way because a player want to leave, and then you've got this no name bum reporter stir up this f- fake article. And immediately, you go to start sending these threats towards a player who, who did everything he could in the time he was there, and was arguably their best player when he was there.
0: I think he played like an All Star game to represent them.
1: I think he did, he did he actually. Yeah. Actually.
0: Yeah, because he said it meant so much to him because that was his brother's dream. His brother told him, "Like I want to see you at an All Star game." I remember that story breaking. So yeah,
1: it's just it's a bad look on on Philly. Um, well, they're fans.
0: Yeah, and I you mean, like it's, to Matt. You you really like to hope at least that it's a vast minority of people doing stuff like that, yeah, right, like
1: you yeah, know, like it's, it's not a reflection of all 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 Philadelphia fans, but it it it's it's a good chunk of them, I would say.
0: It yeah, similar to the Jordan Cairo situation in St. Louis. Uh, yeah, bad look on the fan base, and and you know what? They kind of redeem themselves. They cheered the crap out of Cairo next game, so. uh
1: he just got a hat trick tonight too against the Rangers.
0: Legend. They uh, hopefully Philly fans can, uh, you know, be be a little more chill about it. Maybe uh, maybe next time St. Louis is in town, they can, uh, you know, redeem themselves a little bit. You know, just not be a dick about it. I guess I don't have too much more to say on it, but
1: I will say I think when Gotar turns, I think Flyers fans are well within the rights to boo him um i don't absolutely. think that i was
0: talking about i was talking about um kevin hayes
1: oh yeah 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 Yeah, when he, when
0: he goes to philly next hopefully yeah, they can, flyers uh, fans just need not to not chant something bad but uh yeah with O'Tier, i uh, absolutely go for it don't wish death threats on him or throw shit at him but yeah i mean absolutely scream that he's a shitter like let them they just it. need to
1: find that line. Like, they cross yeah. that line a lot. They need to find that area of what's okay and what isn't. Yeah. Will they? Absolutely not. Like, we, we know that they won't.
0: Especially, but... I mean, let's be real. Especially once you're four or five beers into a hockey game, the, the line is even more blurry than it was before. So, um, yeah. yeah. But that that kind of heckling when it's uh, when it's good natured can be really fun. That's one of the fun things about sports. I know a lot of hockey players uh in the league, especially actually recently uh I believe Jesper Wallstedt, the uh prospect uh goalie for the Minnesota Wild. He w- he played his first game the other day and he was saying, "I kind of hope the away fans boo me. I I kind of feed off that. I like the energy of hearing them hate that I'm doing so well for my team." And that's that's a very interesting uh take on it because you know hockey guys are pretty non-vocal a lot of the time so it's uh it's always fun to hear guys be like i like playing on the road i like shutting up the home crowd it's uh i i definitely like that kind of personality coming through from players yeah yeah
1: um but with all that i think i think that kind of wraps up everything uh that we had here
0: yep uh I, I can actually do the
1: uh, oh direct, yes that's right
0: uh, stat leaders
1: yes that is right we will let you, we will let you do that here to, to wrap it up for us
0: Just have to find a website that will tell me because there's, there's
1: been a couple couple names NHL moving on some of the lists lately
0: NHL website is not going to tell me because it doesn't load so thank you to ESPN for loading
1: Big up to ESPN.
0: Shout out ESPN. They need this. That, that little home, home start uh, mom and shop, pop shop. They really need our shout outs over here.
1: Yeah. Yeah, honestly, right?
0: Um, but leading the league uh, currently as of uh, January 11th uh, this season, we got uh, in first for points. We got uh, Nikita Kucherov with 69 points. Uh, nice. In second, we got Nathan McKinnon with 67, really closing that gap there. And uh, I was told McDavid was going to be have passed them both by now. But a three-way tie for third place, all with 57, so that's 10 points less than McKinnon. Uh, Artemi Panarin, David Pasternak, and William Nylander, the $11.5 million man. Yeah. Um, for goals, in first, of course, it's Austin Cheeks Matthews with 31. In second, we got Sam Reinhardt with 29. And in third, we have Nikita Kucherov with 28. Um, with, uh, for safe percentage, we got uh, in first, uh, Martin Jones with a 9.34. Uh, second, we Please. have Aiden Hill with a 9.33. Uh, in third, we got Charlie Lindgren with a 9.28. And normally I don't do the top five, but since uh, these guys are both much more starters than the top three, uh, uh, Connor Hell... Oh, sorry.
1: No, no, take your time. Do do whatever it is you got to (laughs) do. Yeah,
0: sorry, I just muted myself. I had to (laughs) cough and take some water there. We got Connor Hellebuck and Joey Decord in joint fourth with a 9.23. Beasts. Yeah, Connor Hellebuck has been incredible. He's on a absolute tear in the last month and a half at this point. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that whole Jets team. Like the, and the fact that they're doing it without Kyle
0: Connor is... Even more crazy, yeah.
1: That, hey, we're at a time right now where the top two teams in the League 1 and 2 are both Canadian teams, which is always um, very exciting. With the Winnipeg yeah. Jets and the Vancouver Canucks, respectively, at 1 and 2. Not yeah. to mention, both those teams, actually all um all of their wins have been in regulation or overtime. Uh, neither team has a single uh a single Either shootout, a shootout win. They're, win. They're both they're both 0 and 1 in shootouts. With Winnipeg wow. currently being on an 8 game win streak and the Canucks on a 4 game win streak.
0: Wow, that's crazy. They don't even, like only each of them only has one loss in shootout as well. So like they're not even letting it get to a shootout most of the time.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're, they handle business in, uh, in regulation or over time. Um, but with that, they, that kind of wraps up uh, this episode. It's been a lot of crazy news we've been talking about, a lot of big news. Probably won't have anything um, super huge like this to discuss, probably until the trade deadline happens. Um, but we can only hope and pray that maybe we get some more big stuff to happen uh, before then. Um, but with that, thank you to everybody, everybody for listening to another episode of these stick em up podcast. Um, if you want to join in on the conversations with us, you can find us on Instagram or Twitter slash X at S E U hockey. Um, throw us a follow, come say hi, tell us to eat shit. Uh, come bully us. Like we're cutter, whatever you want. Um,
0: <laughs> treat us like a Philly fan.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Come treat us like, like a Philly fan. We'll, We'll we'll, we'll take it on the chin. Um, But thanks to everybody for listening, and we will catch all of you in the next one whenever it comes out.